Watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it off You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is Trap or Dive Yes sir, welcome back to another episode of Trap or Dive Podcast Provided to you by 214 Media and... SB Nations, Hogs Haven. I'm your host, Molly Maul. Coach Maul, Hand Dog Maul, all that good stuff, man. Uh, in here with AJ and Dre, fellas. How y'all doing on this good Monday, man? I'm good, man. Just uh, whew, was just eating a little bit of Jamaican food. And what you had? My mouth is burning like hell, bro. <laughs> hey, Dre, you on mute. I say, AJ, you got to be ready for the spices, man. <laughs> nah, this ain't different, bro. Like, whatever they put in this one today is spicy. I mean, I'm African, so I'm used to the spice, but God damn, this this one, no sir. <laughs> what, what you had, jerk uh, jerk chicken or uh, you had curry? Yeah, jerk chicken with rice and peas and plantain. That's, boy, that's my, that my thing right there, man. I need to know where you go to get your chicken because if you're talking about this spicy, that's what I need. Man, I love jerk chicken, bro. This thing about to clear up my sinuses. <laughs> man, gonna be blowing his nose as soon as he got done eating. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, okay, Dre, how you feeling? Everything good, bro? I'm good, man. Like I said, it's nothing can break my mood right now. The sell, I mean, first, the week's weekend started off so nice because on Thursday. We got the news that we were going to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Like, that's really my favorite thing when the schedule releases that they say we play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I love that game. And then the sale on the Friday, I was like, man, this is going to be a great weekend. It's it's crazy. So, two things. It's crazy because I was the opposite this week. I, I loved Dallas so much last year that I wanted to go again this year. And I don't know if I can do Thanksgiving. Like, I'm still open to it. Like, I'm teetering. But Thanksgiving is hard because it's like, the, the, the circle that I go with, they not they not willing to 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 lead their family for for Thanksgiving, and I understand it, but I also want them to understand. I hope you know, like it's not the end of the world if you if you step away for Thanksgiving and and, and go somewhere else. Like <laughs> everything's gonna be okay. Um, but yeah, that and then hell yeah, like Friday, bro, it's crazy. So. We all we all linked up on Friday, man, for some drinks, and we didn't even know the news we were getting before we stepped out there, man. Um, Brad, that was that was a great way to start the weekend. Uh, we had some we had some drinks in the city, man, uh, and it just so happened that Dan uh, releases a statement. Adam Adam Schefter breaks the news, so now we're over there uh, in a in a even better mood. That you know, this is the last time that we really have to. Uh, even think about a Dan Schneider, like, and, and understanding that his era is almost at an end uh, for most of us. Because I know how AJ feels, and it's not like he's a he's not a Snyder. He's not a Snyder guy. It's just he's just indifferent. He's not a guy who's really bothered <laughs> AJ. And I, I get it. Like, there's people out there like that. Um, there's people out there who really hates him, and, and I think the majority is clear. It's clear cut. The majority does. Hey Schneider, um, but then like the the very minority are the people who actually support him, um, and, and I don't I don't know I don't know why I don't know how I don't know what he did for them, um, uh, unless they're a player, which probably makes more sense. And I can I can mind my business if you are a player, <laughs> but, but I, I would just suppress that information if I was them, <laughs> um, and and just let and let everybody be out there like. Um, Robert uh, did a, a really good job of. I ain't gonna lie, I saw what y'all said on online, bro. But Robert did a really good job of of acting like he had no uh history with with the boy Dan. Um, <laughs> oh, when 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 they put him on ESPN to get his reaction, it's actually kind of strange knowing that he was only here for a couple years and, and they went straight to him. Um, and he told he told ESPN that he felt like the fans was waiting for this for over a decade. 
I mean, for at least a decade. And I'm like, no, it, it didn't start and stop with you, buddy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, but, but Maul, if, if we're going to be honest, man, like probably during Daniel Snyder's tenure shit, that was the most prolific moment of his ownership and player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like so... I mean, yeah, there was a bunch of guys that came through here from Dion's to the Bruce Smiths, but like the the trade up to even acquire uh RG3 and then him actually playing like that that week one against the Saints. Amazing. One of the one of the most amazing moments as a Washington fan and, and being the age that I am and, and witnessing. So I felt like it was perfect to 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 speak on that on the uh on that platform. No, to be clear, like it's ESPN is going to go to the former former Redskin, like to, to get his opinion. Um, and, and to be honest with you, and this is it's crazy like how we start in this, but this is the only positive thing we're gonna do before we give our perspective on, on our full perspective on Snyder. But that was the only time, if you think about it, that they really prepared a quarterback to succeed on this team. And I'm not even talking about the coaches. They brought in Pierre Garçon that same offseason before RG3 got here. Then they made sure to get um, – I think they, they got Jordan Reed a year later, so that's irrelevant. They, they brought they in Pierre Garçon. They brought in, uh, they brought in mm-hmm. Josh Morgan too, and I think Josh Jordan Morgan. Reed was already here. But he wasn't really a receiver. Jordan threat. came in in 2013. Jordan came in 2013. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Josh Morgan. I, actually, no, I, like, I like Josh, but he was like a three. A three or four yeah. when he came into Washington. Yeah, I mean they, they, they expected him to have a bigger role. They drafted Leonard Hankerson that same that that's at twenty twelve, um, and he he had an impact like his first two years before he just moved on and and fizzled out. Um, and then obviously they got Alfred Morris. They got him a running back. Um, and who was the tight end? Fred Davis, um, like finally started to to look like something. And Chris Quinley was still here. He was still here he at that time. No, he ain't getting no BT for real. <laughs> yeah. They ain't like him. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't like him. But but point like that was the one time where somebody like you really saw like a, a like that was the peak, a peak Snyder moment in the in the way in which it could have been something. But point being, man, um, like overall, and that was just a little uh, uh interesting comment by by Robert, but overall, man, I, the, the Snyder era is officially in the, the the tail end, the tail end stages of it. Um, I see everybody in the chat, Hawk, Magic, Monty, appreciate y'all checking in. Everybody that's watching live, if you're watching on Twitter as well, make sure you can stay on Twitter if you want to. That's perfectly fine. But if you want to be a part of the show, try to migrate over to YouTube so we can see the comments uh, as well. We can't see them on Twitter. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button. If you are listening on podcasts, make sure you hit that follow button. Leave us with a rating and review. We definitely appreciate it. Um, that was good. Uh, and 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 if you all want to give your thoughts on or even just like the, the magnitude of this, because I was going to I'm actually going to say it here and, and we're planning on having a guest this week and I'll repeat it and, and get his thoughts on it as well. But um, I want to get your thoughts on just like what this what this means for just the, the rejuvenation of the city, um, the potential that this team has because Snyder is out the door or, or damn near out the door. Um, and, and what you all are looking forward to, like the, the thing y'all are looking forward to the most. Yeah, I think I'll go first because I don't think uh, I'll be as long-winded with it. But uh, I just feel like it's a new chapter, you know, new opportunity for the the fans to kind of have a clean slate. You know, no more kind of talking about Snyder and, and his past and all the different grievances that happen within the workplace environment. Um, and also the relationships with players, coaches, so on. I think this is a big opportunity for Josh Harris, Mitchell Wells, <clears throat> and Magic Johnson. We've already seen things leak, which I, which I, I think I, I said to you guys Friday when we were out. You already know that Magic Johnson is going to be heavily involved in in trying to uh, secure a stadium with some of these political people, and he's already met with Westmore, the the Maryland governor. Um, and having that background, having uh, developments and stuff within the Washington D.C. community, <clears throat> I think it's it it provides uh, hope. It's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like when Obama became president of America. You know, provided hope. You know, you felt the optimism of, of change. 
Uh, and I think that's what it does for the fan base. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have had to move down south because of the cost of living here in the D.C. metropolitan area. But there's still a lot of people that root for this team and want to see them succeed and, and start winning games and being more competitive and just consistent overall and not being uh, affiliated with, you know, a lot of nonsense off the field and, and not winning. So, you know, we'll see what Josh Harrison and the group does when they officially get voted. Uh, by the other owners of the NFL come in and, you know, start to make their imprint, uh, not just with a possible stadium, but also other facilities and most importantly, winning and putting the right people in position to start that process overall and be consistent and no more days of the Vinny Serratos, the Bruce Allens. You know, right now I'm seeing the rumors of, hey, Jason Wright, get moved up to player personnel. Hell no, nah, for what? Like, you you pretty much official, trying to create Vinny Serrato or like what you like? Yeah, I've heard I've I've heard actual rumblings about it, like him getting moved up from not even just the business side to like actual like player department job. Like nah, like you want you want them to do their due diligence and possibly bring in a, a GM in here. That's it. But other than that, man, excited for the fans that are excited, but still. You know, you have a quarterback battle on your hand, and Ron Rivera is the head coach. So, uh, I probably won't. <laughs> I probably won't truly get excited until there's a new regime, uh, as far as like head coach and whoever's running the player uh, personnel side. Yeah, man. I mean, th- I think it's the first time we have legitimate hope. I mean, for a long time, especially throughout Dan Snyder's tenure, we've always had blind hope as fans. And this time, it's, it feels like you have legitimate hope, like you have a chance at watching adults run your show now. And I mean, because for the longest time, we 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 know Snyder. I mean, he's not a leader. I mean, he's never displayed that. And leadership always starts at the top. I mean, you could bring the Joe Gibbs and you could bring the Marty Schottenheimers and you could bring even the Ron Rivera's in, but none of that really matters when the guy above you has no clue how to lead. I mean, you could just see the organization wasn't just a failure from uh, the football field standpoint. It was a failure from pretty much the ground up. I mean, we're talking about the facilities. I mean, the employees throughout the building, you know, the culture in the building, none of that was going to ever be anything great as long as leadership at the very top was never there and Snyder never displayed they never gave us evidence that he was ever going to give us anything but sustain um, or any sustained success because I mean like I said as fans we, we we had blind hope for so long I mean we every year was like oh well maybe John Beck can be the one this year maybe Rex Grossman could be the one oh maybe Sam Howell's the one this year you know it's always something different it's no sustained quarterback it's not nothing consistent and it just never felt like we would ever get evidence that anything was going to come up Snyder's tenure that's why I thought he was going to outlive us like I thought he was going to outlive me I thought he was going to have the team you know for whatever because I mean he was very young he was 34 when he bought the team um He's 58 now, 24 years later. He could have owned this team for another 20 or so years. I mean, no problems. And But it's just so good to see that he finally is releasing his grip on the franchise and giving us – it feels like he's giving us our team back. Like he had stole our team and was like, you know, this is mine. I'm doing what I want with this team. So now it just finally feels like we're getting our franchise back. And the thing I'm looking forward to most with Josh Harris, just to watch them build something that, you know, modern NFL franchises build around the league. I mean, you want to see them operate like the, you know, the good franchises in the league. I mean, even the bad franchises aren't usually Washington Commanders bad. I mean, so it would just, it, it's going to take time. Like, I'm not going to expect them to come out winning or anything next year. I mean, you know, right out the gate. I just want to see them build something that looks solid. It looks like it has some sustainability. We had a meeting earlier today. Um, and part of that conversation uh, with, or within the meeting was like a comment stating that some owners are in it to make money. Some owners are actually in it for championships. Um, At this point with a 24 year sample size, Dan never really cared about winning. It was what he projected. Um, Like, no, he didn't. He didn't care. He Bruh. brought the name. He brought the names in. He brought the names in to put tickets. I mean, to put seats in. Put to put people in those seats. Like there was never the the, the reason why you bring. I'm I'm not even. Let, let me just finish. Cause I'm about to say the reason why you bring these names in 
isn't because you're trying to, to build a sustainable team or, or to do proper team building. You're doing this because obviously they're good players, but like you don't even know what the coaches want. You don't know what anybody want. You just bring them in regardless. Like that 06 season. And I'm and this is where I'm gonna get to when I mentioned the potential guest this week. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to this point. Like that 06 season was crazy. That 06 all season was crazy. Um, but like he never really truly cared about winning. Um, and and I think when you look at uh Josh Harris for better or for worse, and you look at the the way he attacked what did I don't remember what years Dre, you probably know him off the top of your head, but the three years in which they did uh actively tank. Um, like he had a he had a vision where he said, you know, we're gonna take this time and it's easy to do it in NBA, you can't do this in NFL, but we're gonna take the time out to get what needs to be done now. Because once we accumulate these picks and we bank on X, Y, Z, we're hoping that we come out of this with a, a Hall of Fame player, elite player that can get us to a championship. Um, part of that worked. The other part didn't work. Um, and it hasn't worked yet. I don't think it's ever going to work. I don't think they're going to get to uh, NBA Finals. And I don't think they're going to win it because um, they made too many mistakes uh, in the meantime. But point being, um, the thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing that uh, or at least knowing that Josh, uh, or excuse me, Harris is an uh, individual who is set on trying to win. Like this is his goal, and I don't think you you don't have to you don't have to do that with the Commanders. You don't have to do a full blown tank with the Commanders, even if he even if it did seem like plausible with this Washington Command. You don't have to do that, and like this team is set in the sense of um, they need leadership from the top, from a management standpoint. From an ownership standpoint, and then from a coaching standpoint, um, and I think Josh Harris is 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 knowing uh, that he's going to try and get the best people out there to do that. Um, he's he's done that at least with Doc. Uh, arguably, uh, you can argue that he's not he's not the best in the playoffs, uh, and his track record speaks for itself in terms of uh, when it comes down to trying to close out series, especially before you get uh, uh, before you get to the conference finals. But here's my thing. Like competitiveness is is what I want from top down. Somebody who is truly vested in trying to win and trying to win championships, right? But then the other thing that I'm concerned about on the on the flip side is the damage that Dan Snyder has done. Uh, and I've been on podcasts, fellas, um, like the past week or two, and I've said this on each and every time I've gotten on um, non non commanders podcast. So. Uh, they're asking about, you know, the fandom and things like that. Think about, like, I'm 29. I'm going to be 30 in a few months. I've never experienced winning. Um, I'm, I've never experienced what sustained winning looks like. Uh, and I'm at the point where, like, if you know my background, you all know it. But, like, for those who don't know it, like, I became a, a writer in like 2016 so like seven years i started writing the main reason why i started writing is because my fandom that my my love for the team started to dwindle it had nothing to do with the the redskins at the time but it had everything to do with uh how this team wasn't serious about winning and and when i say team i mean the people at the top like you never had the right people in place and i started to figure that out so i started to draw away from the fandom side and then the podcasting started coming in and, and, and all these other things. The, 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 my concern is like, I'm, I'm so excited about Dan Schneider moving on. Um, I'm so excited about the potential of this team and the potential of this city. Like I love Washington DC. I love PG County. And I can't wait to see what this, this area looks like knowing that that dark cloud is, is away and in, in, in away from Washington. Um, but I also don't know, like as excited as I am, if I'll ever get what Snyder robbed from me, like, I don't know if I'll get that back. And that's the only thing that scares me with this team is because I would love to be 10 toes down, like, like blind fandom going to a game and knowing that I could root my ass off. Like I used to um, back, back when I was in, in like 06 or 07 going to the Detroit lions and, and Washington Redskins game where Sean Taylor taking dudes' heads off on special teams, and I'm geeked up like I'm on the field. Like, 
or, or going to the Arizona game where London Fletcher picks off Kurt Warner and he houses the pick and, and stretches for the end zone and it's a, a body, it's a piles of bodies on on at the pylon and, and London Fletcher is having a good time picking uh picking the ball off like we're winning defensive games and I'm I'm loving it. I don't care what the offense is doing. Dakota, she, she what is she doing? My point being is like when I think about how young I was then and how much the team meant to me then, the team means a lot to me now, but in a different way. And and I hope that and we'll see as time moves on, but my hope is that like I can gain that back. Like I want to gain that back. I want that to come back. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen because of like, I know why it's not there anymore. It's been years and years of somebody like Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, and all his minions, all Dan Snyder's minions, fucking his team up. <laughs> and, and it's frustrating to think about that I may not get that back. I may not get that fandom back. Ma, I think you will Aww. get it back if no. Uh, oh, you'll be you'll be all right, little baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, stop playing and, me, bro. <laughs> but, but no, Ma, it's there. It's there. But what you have right now is a shield. I think most of us has put that shield up. I mean, it's just a protective shield to protect our feelings because we've had to do that with this team over the years. You know, some teams get to break their shield after a while because they usually, you know, if they're there enough they're going to break that cycle. But we just never are there. We don't even put ourselves in position to be there. You know, so right now we all have this shield up. It's like an apathy shield in a sense, you know, because we don't want to get too high. We don't want to get too low with this team because it's like they're going to suck us back in and they're not going to give us anything, you know, to deliver on, on a promise. So that's what if you watch sustained winning or if you're watching weekly NFL football, as much as you love the game, if you're watching weekly NFL football and your team is in the mix and they are winning games and not just one week or two weeks, but let's say two to three years of a run. We watching that. We know that this team is capable of something like even what you talked about with Josh Harris with the uh, 76ers. Like, yeah, sure. The 76ers, there aren't winning the championships. And I know a lot of people measure you by championship or busting your profession, but I watched the Washington Wizards with Ted Leonsis as an owner. We're talking the same sport here. I can compare Josh Harris to this guy. Ted Leonsis is just he's an owner. He's different. From, he's hes bad, like Dan Snyder, in my opinion, just bad in a different way because he's more of a I'll let my ship die before I do anything aggressive to bring it up. You know, and he's more of a like and I'm starting to think more and more. Ted Leonsis is a guy that really kind of stands over his GM to say, hey, we're going to do this my way. Whereas I look at Josh Harris and I don't see him as that type of owner that he's standing over top of the GM like, hey, this is my goal. This is my expectation. You better meet this expectation or else. Just the tanking alone probably showed you that the GM probably went to Josh Harris and said, hey, we need players and we need to break this thing down to be good again. And you can only do that if an owner is empowering you to do that, because a lot of owners are not going to sit around for a tank. Ted Leonsis, for example, Ted Leonsis can't stand a tank. He's not going to do what it takes. He's not going to bottom out to make his team better. He wants to stay right in the middle. So I look at a Josh Harris as a guy that's going to empower people. And again, it may not mean immediate success, but if he gets you to the point where you are the 76ers, where you're battling for conference championships on a yearly basis. You know, you're playing tough battles against the conference's best teams. And you're, like I said, you're doing this on a two to three year stretch. Jamal, that, that passion is coming back. I guarantee it, brother. Man, we're going to see, bro. Um, look, I want to be the, I want to be the, the, the fan that's like a, a Buffalo Bills fan when, before they, before they started winning with Josh Allen. Like I want to be, I want to be them in the stands where they there in, in negative 10 degrees, and their team is three and three and ten, <laughs> and and they still there. And they got a reason. Yeah, look, they, they need I thought you. I thought you were about to say you want to be jumping through tables. Oh no! Nah. I was about to say. Nah. Oh no! Nah, oh no! Nah, no! Nah, nah. I don't need. I ain't look. Come on, bro. I ain't. I ain't. I ain't I, when I, you I started off, I want to be the Buffalo Bills fan. I was like, all I thought was <laughs> tables, tables. I saw your face. I, no, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> I think I'm like, ever gonna reach that point. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna ever reach that point, man. Magic said, uh, I'm looking forward to the business side of things. Snyder didn't care about the presentation. Terrible locker room, terrible locker room, terrible training facility, terrible Sean Taylor statue. Outlaw King says the evil is demolished. Um, Monty said Dan cared about winning. He just didn't know how to run it. Dan is what it looks like when a fan buys a team. Just my opinion. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Like, my opinion, like, I think about the, the point of bringing up that 016 was like, I remember in the offseason when I, I didn't follow it day to day. I was young. I played sports in the summer. Um, I remember coming back from basketball practice and one of my friend's dads is a huge, he was a huge Skins fan. He was like, you ain't see what the commanders, I mean, what the Skins been doing? I'm like, nah, what they been doing? He said, man, we just signed Antoine Randall. We just signed Adam Archuleta. We just signed um, all, some other names at the time that I wasn't, I, I can't think about right now. But he was telling me all these names that I knew. I was like, stop playing. We got all these guys. <laughs> and, and none of these guys fit, bro. And, and we knew, like, if you think about it, None of these dudes fit, bro, but you got some of the biggest names in free agency because they were some of the biggest names in free agency. Like, I think they, they didn't got what they OJ and Togway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bro, and Adam couldn't play a lick of football. Like, he was he was protected in St. Louis. I didn't know it. I was young, but I was like, I knew he was good in St. Louis. But he sucked. <laughs> he sucked, <laughs> bro. Um, but that's why I brought up 06 initially. Um, but yeah, Monty said Dan cared about winning uh Magic. Dan Dan was so bad. Rivera said he wasn't coming if he didn't have full control. Um, Hawk mentioned Will Harris and company go to the analytics route and drafting players moving forward. I don't know. Um, Outlaw and Amani. What's going on, Amani? Appreciate you checking in. Said that they both like Lewis Riddick and think that he should get a chance. Um, and he said that fan is going to be back by training camp. We're going to see. I do want to go to a game. Um, we're going to figure that out. I, I was really thinking about going to that week one game. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's up. Appreciate everybody who's checking in again. Hit that like, comment, hit that, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. What you about to say, AJ? I was gonna say, I, yeah, I don't think your fandom will will come back until they get a definitive answer at quarterback. I feel like once you know who quarterback one is and they start being competitive and winning games, that's when they'll come back for you because it's like. You got to think the whole entire time you've been a fan. I mean, we're not that far away in age. Like, I'm 36. But there's never been a a consistent starting quarterback for five years. Yeah. Like, even even when Kirk Cousins was doing this thing, it was still like, damn, it's Kirk Cousins. Like, this dude ain't, <laughs> he ain't really it. Like, he Everybody put up these numbers, but he really ain't it. Like, you, so you knew eventually that this wasn't going to be the long-term answer. But I think – if you know, let's say, for example, let, let me play Miss Cleo in a little bit since I just had the Jamaica food, right? <laughs> let me play Miss Cleo. If Let's say this team fires Ron Rivera. They, they end up maybe with the 15th pick in the draft, but miraculously over the offseason, they pull off a trade and move up to number one pick and draft a Caleb Williams, who's from the area, grew up a Washington Redskins fan, immediately your fandom will come back. Because they'll also have a new coach, and you've seen Caleb Williams play enough in college to look at the perspective of him being a a top overall quarterback in the league, especially with the weapons at hand. I think that's how your fandom would. Your fandom could immediately come back by next year, the same time. But see, AJ, even just outside of the quarterback, like – we can't even sneak into 11 wins with Dan Snyder. You know, even like just give us one season where it looks like we might have a conference championship to play for or something. The fandom might come back then. I mean, even if you don't have, you know, so said quarterback, but just give us something to embrace or something to look forward to, like something we feel like we're fighting for. And we just didn't seem like we had a fighting chance with Dan Snyder, man. We didn't. Um and look, I'm listening to y'all. I'm I'm not disregarding it. I hope y'all are right. Uh, I, I just I that's I just hope y'all are right. Um, and even still, like I like I love what I'm doing uh in, in this aspect of, of covering the team and talking about them. Um, so I can't complain too much, but I, I do want that feeling of excitement. Like I need I need that joy back, that endless joy back with this team. Um but we're going to see, bro. We're going to see. But at, nevertheless, though, before we transition to the schedule, I'm definitely excited. Um, and, and as AJ said, I'm excited that fans are excited uh, about this because it is a, a monumentous day. And and I'll never forget uh, the day that it happened. Um, and we got to we got to bring in that day uh, with some drinks, man. Turned up. I didn't tell y'all, bro. Um, <laughs> bro, I was I was so lit. Uh, I. 
um i drove past my exit and on friday and friday i drove past my exit right and, and I, you were like by the way no no i was i was talking to i was talking to this chick on the phone like hey i think my man lit and i don't know how <laughs> no see what you don't know aj i was drink. i had a bottle in my truck before i got there I was, yeah, boy. I, you thought, say, I you thought, thought we drank the same amount of drinks no, that yeah, night. That, <laughs> no. that makes sense. That's that's what I thought. No, it does make like, sense. I was like, no. I was like, yeah, he's he's tripping right there. I don't know. No, I is, was, but. I was, I was on that. I had, I was drinking on that Espalone straight out the bottle, baby. I was, but now look, we got cut more some slack because places like where we went, man. That's the places where they try to get you real effed up up in there, man. You know, they feel the liquor. They can put all them little sugary little drinks together for you, so. What yeah. I had, a, I had a Long Island, and then, oh yeah, I had a Long Island, and then I had that uh that second drink that Cuz made. It was some tequila, some tequila. Shit. I don't even know what it was, bro. I just said, give me your strongest tequila joint. Well, you messed up at Long Island. Island. That's what you messed up. At. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, I was just, I was just turned up, bro. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, all right. So schedule. Um, what do we think about it? Like. I didn't somebody my man shout out to Todd, bro. Todd, I sometimes you listen, I know. Um, but if you listen and shout out to you, he, he asked me what I think about it. Um, I didn't have any like drawbacks on the opponents per se, in terms of like when we played who. I didn't care about when we played who in a sense because um Washington's schedule was difficult as is. Like it was like on paper, it was never gonna be sweet. Like you knew who you were playing, it is what it is. Um, I think there were a couple things that got to me, and it was mainly like the amount of times that Washington was on the road consecutively <laughs> before before going back and seeing a home game. Like if you think about it, if you look at it, there are I think there's like three or four occasions where there are back to back road games. Um, and I did some numbers it's a it's an insignificant number like in terms of or just an insignificant observation but um i think he has a losing record or if not like just under 500 um ron rivera is in his tenure with washington uh when they do have back-to-back games on the road um and that's that's one thing that stood out to me uh a, a late bye week in week 14 um is is weird man in the sense of uh you're not getting and we're gonna go game by game soon uh, but but we're not getting um, that split where you got half and half is is survive until week fourteen and hope that half your roster isn't already hurt. Um, but I guess the bye week that late can be looked at as a good thing or a bad thing because you got a four game stretch after that where you're on the road against Los Angeles, then on the road against New York, um, the New York Jets. Uh, and, and but that three game stretch at the end. Uh, it is definitely going to be pretty tough in terms of like if you're battling for a playoff spot, trying to beat New York on the road and then having to, to play that San Francisco defense, um, regardless if they're home or away, uh, you're going to be in for a, a tough game. So um, I'll stop there. Uh, I, I do think that and, and I'll finish actually one more thing with that home game being Arizona week one. Um, you can't lose. Uh, you cannot lose that game at all. Can't afford to lose that game. And it's kind of ironic that if you think about it, we say that every single year with Washington. Um, but I think it's the truth when you're in a situation like Washington where you're not considered uh, uh upper echelon team, like you're a middling team. Um, you have to win that game where something seems winnable um, or, or like as an evenly matched team. And with Arizona being that week one matchup before you go on the road for a new look Denver with Sean Payton at the helm, uh, yeah, you can't afford to lose Denver. I mean, excuse me, you can't afford to lose Arizona because you can mess around and be – if you lose Arizona, you can mess around and be 0-3 or 0-4 to start the season because you got Philly uh, and, and Buffalo right right after Denver. Well, what I tell y'all the other night, when we were out, I said, now, if we lose to Arizona, we're going – I'm rooting for 0-17. Oh, I'm, I'm rooting for 0-17 if we lose to Arizona because, as I said, the, the league pretty much did you a favor scheduling you Arizona week one, you know – Kyler Murray's hurt. Colt McCoy starting quarterback. This is the one game in the league that you can sell out 
you know, with your fans, you know, not opposing teams, fans, you know, invading the stadium because Arizona fans don't travel. Hell, they don't even go to their own stadium. So the league wants you to sell out. They know you have new ownership. They want to get this fan base jolted. They want you to get the momentum. So they scheduled, like I said, the easiest possible sellout. They want this team to come in and start fresh or start fast for the new ownership. So if you lose that game, then I mean, it's looking at this schedule is tough, man. I don't, I don't like the schedule at all. Like I'm looking at weeks two to four, and that's just. I mean, even though Denver was bad last year, I mean they got Sean Payton now, and I mean Russ could still be a dangerous quarterback at any given time. And it's always hard to win up in Denver. And then you got us playing Philly, and then the, uh, I think it's the Bills in that same stretch. I mean, that's a yeah. <laughs> like I said, a damn gauntlet, man. Like so. You have to start off fast and beat Arizona, beat them, and not only beat them. I mean, I'll take the win any way I can get it, but I, I think the Ron and them have to make a statement, and they have to beat Arizona convincingly in week one. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, man, honestly, there's really only one you would think guaranteed win on the schedule. Everything else. Man, that's crazy because you went from – I was about to bring that up. Just, you went from five to three, to one. Yeah, I went, I went to five. <laughs> I went to five, but then I I also probably lost track of the fact that let, let's let's look at it for example, Denver. Right? They added a actual head coach in Sean Payton versus Nathaniel uh, Hackett. Like that automatically improves them so much more than than anything. And they they still had a solid defense. They still got Russell Wilson at quarterback. It's going to look better. They got offensive weapons at running back, returning Javante Williams, uh, the wide receivers. Uh, you get Buffalo. I mean, nobody on here is slouch. Even Chicago. Chicago has improved on paper, and I expect them to look different. Like, they got wide receivers. Uh, they added more talent to their offensive line. So, yeah, I, I'm not looking at that game as a, a guaranteed victory because even last year, with all the flaws – Washington barely won that game. Like it came down to the wire for them to win that game. And really, the only thing you could say that changed majorly so far is Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. But it's not really that much of a difference at this point. And when they play them, it's early in the season too, week five, Thursday, coming off of playing at Philadelphia at that. So it's a short week. Um, Atlanta, Atlanta has Jesse Bates now, Calais Campbell, B. John Robinson. Uh, they got <laughs> Jeff Okuda. They, they've they added a lot of pieces to that they team. They do have huge question well. marks on quarterback. They Yeah, they have question marks at quarterback where uh, Washington still probably have questions there as well. Uh, Taylor Heineke might start. Desmond Ritter might be there. Who knows? But when you look at the overall schedule and the teams that they're facing, not even based off like what weeks it is, it's like a lot of these games are toss-ups. It, it could go either way, 50-50. There's, there's not many you can go into it and saying that the probability of them winning is like 80% or 90% or 75%, except for Arizona. Outside of that, they could get blown out by each and every team on here, <laughs> honestly. So they got to be ready and, and can't get off to that 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 late start that Ron Rivera typically goes through uh, since his tenure has been in Washington, where they they take a long time to start accumulating these wins. Let me ask y'all this to 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 what AJ brought up. Um, AJ says one guarantee. He can only see one guaranteed. Um, I say I said actually technically said three and a half. Um, and I'll ask you the same thing, Dre. Like, what is? Oh no, let's 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 say the teams that we think though. Yeah, yeah. So that's I said I guarantee that. Arizona. I was gonna I was gonna ask you to say the three teams that you thought of. Yep, Arizona. Um, I gotta pull it up because I, I actually don't even remember, and that's actually a scary thing because if I don't remember, that means so I, it's, I, it's I may N- be wrong. It's NFC. It's NFC. Um, I know I said Arizona, Los Angeles, NFC West, um, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, oh, here it is. I said three and a possible. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona, home versus New York, uh, the Giants, uh, and then the possible was was possibly Chicago. Um, and for the reasons you mentioned, AJ, uh, about Chicago, like that ain't no sweet game no more. 
um, last year was sweet, and we could barely put up points, put up twelve, and 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 one of those touchdowns was because of Trust Way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, three in the possible: L.A., uh, New York, and Arizona, and then possibly Chicago. I'm gonna go with two because I don't like guaranteed wins, especially not with this franchise. <laughs> like they, you know, <laughs> I, I never see guaranteed era, wins, you know, because I mean they known been known to lose they literally anyone and then they'll surprise you and beat someone you don't expect them to beat like they did philadelphia last year but i mean my two yeah of course obviously is arizona um and then chicago like i mean i i get it they are a different team and that was a tough game but carson Wentz was starting last year that guy that he just couldn't play football anymore and then they're playing here like i i, I don't know the last time chicago has beat us in dc or landover fedex field whatever like i can't remember the last time it happened i just can't see it now i just feel like that's one of them games that they will win i mean but it, again i got two man okay uh magic said um do y'all think Eric Bieniemy style will impact the offense. Uh, what's going on, Steven? Appreciate you checking in, uh, and, and thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think it'll impact the offense. I think his style will impact the offense. I think if you if you kind of like some tidbits of of uh, mini camp, rookie mini camp. Now, again, like when reports come out or or comments come out from it, like their impressions on coaches or players. Um, Take it with a grain of salt, I guess, right now. But like they did say, like it was noticeably different from how Eric Bieniemy, uh, how his energy was felt in practices versus how like Scott Turner, like you can barely hear Scott Turner say a word during practices, but you can hear Eric Bieniemy, um, uh, preaching and and yelling, like not aggressively yelling, but yelling and and being vocal, uh, to his players, um, throughout the practice, and you can you can audibly hear what he's saying to his players and things like that. And they picked that up. Um, so in terms of style, um, I, I think that that type of angle, that style will be rubbed. You can rub, you can rub off on players in that way, understanding what it takes to be um, a, a leader on the field. And uh, it's just a matter of time. till you find out who, who, uh, who's the cream and, and who rises to the top in those groups of people. So that's kind of my comments on that. Fellas, do you think Eric the style will impact the offense? Yeah, I want to ask answer uh, Magic's question first. Before I answer it seriously, um, I was talking to one of my good friends today on the phone. I mean, he's a huge Commanders homer, and he started talking about you know Eric Bieniemy. He's like, oh, you know, um, Eric Bieniemy. I'm so excited about him. He was, I'm so excited about Eric Bieniemy that I'm gonna fucking draft Amani Rogers in the fantasy this year because I think the tight end's gonna excel. I'm like, damn, slow down, play it. You know, Amani Rogers. I don't know if I'm drafting that guy in fantasy yet. I don't know if I'm drafting any of watching his tight ends in fantasy because they just don't. You know, they got to show me something. Kind of like Sam yeah. Howell has to show me something in a sense. But to answer the question, I was actually listening to Ron talk about Eric Bieniemy and kind of his impact so far uh, in minicamp. And it was interesting how he talked about how Eric Bieniemy has kind of shifted around a lot of the offensive coaches. And, you know, he, he was talking about it in the sense that that was something that Ron and them hadn't done, you know, um, while he was here. He was like, he's just learning this. He was like, uh, he, he's, he said that Eric got it or picked it up from Andy Reid. And Ron was like, I really trust this, you know, in a sense, because he, he also, of course, worked with Andy Reid as well in philadelphia and he was saying that you know one of those things is um eric Bieniemy shifts the coaches like you know around the training camp he's he's telling certain position coaches hey i need your eyes over here or i need your eyes over there and that I mean that seems like a very unique thing for ron because he hadn't been doing it and you just wonder how that is going to impact you know little nuances and little details like that you wonder if that's going to be something that translate or impact or be something that different than we've seen in the past with a scott turner offense so it's just it's kind of exciting to hear you know those little things about eric Bieniemy because that personality has been missing from this organization at least during ron's time here uh yeah. oh wait you got it oh uh, yeah i mean i think uh you've already seen eric Bieniemy as a whole already impact this team uh there's hope for the offense there's feeling that they'll be able to piece it together and be better than what they were last year under scott turner i mean and he hasn't even called a play for washington yet but the hype behind them even being a better team is because of Eric Bieniemy. Uh not just even from the offense, but he's also the assistant head coach for this team. So just his overall leadership and being a presence within that locker room and being a mentor amongst those players on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, I just think uh, 
you got someone that's passionate about the game and just knows how to get the best out of his players and his guys. I mean, before he became an OC, he was probably the best running backs coach in the NFL over the last decade or so. So, I mean, you're kind of getting to see that this is authentically him. And sometimes you need that type of energy within your organization. Uh, Ron has a different type of style. And, you know, that may work for some people. It may not. Some people might need that extra oomph behind them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You don't really see those type of guys like that. You see that on the defensive side uh, more so. But, you know, having someone that's relatable, understands the game, also has the the rapport to go along with the personality and, and coaching up in Mahomes, um, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hartman, Kareem Hunt, and, and so on, it, it just provides even more validation to what you actually are telling them makes sense. <laughs> you feel me? When Scott Turner tells you something as a quarterback or a wide receiver uh, or running back, you're like, the hell have you done? You feel me? Like, what what have you done? Like, to really tell me this? Because, yeah, because you got to think, these guys are coming from big programs, Ohio State's, the Alabama's, you know, their their OCs or their position coach used to be a head coach in the league. They they actually have rapport. You feel me? Whether they failed or not, they actually have some type of status and they've been there. They they kind of know what they need to do. In Scott Turner's case, he don't really have he don't really have those cards to pull or get in someone's face. Why you think like even last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he didn't play much here because of his injury, but he was like the offense is kind of weird you know like and he's been around so many damn franchises what ryan played for 14 teams probably damn near yeah yeah so it's like so it's like yeah that's gonna be a big change in how the offense looks uh you've already seen it so far uh we haven't even hit mini camp yet or training camp but i think uh more people will get acclimated with how he is as a coach overall and it's definitely going to have an impact that's the only reason why people are even hopeful that the sam howe thing works is because is because of the fact that um eric Bieniemy was brought in as <laughs> as an office coordinator if this was sam howe and scott turner part uh partnership people would be like what the hell are we doing hawk said um i've been seeing some kareem hunt dc videos on my timeline uh, I wouldn't mind it that 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 last year. Fellas, let's go ahead and get into these game-by-game uh, game predictions. Um, everybody in the chat, y'all can follow along, man, just because we're going to be doing a little bit rapid pace um, to keep up, do like week one, like week one W, week one, I mean, week two W, week three W, L, et cetera, things like that. Um, so we can make sure that you get your, your records down. Now, granted, let's go ahead and do the context thing. I don't believe in this shit, um, but I think it's fun. I'm, I'm starting to just say, who cares? Like, I think it's fun, but don't hold me to it. All right. I may change it after the preseason. And I think we're going to do this again after the preseason. <laughs> just just to just to figure it out. We're not going to go game by game, but we'll do another. We'll do another record prediction. Things like that. Um, so let's maybe, go ahead maybe, and start. Maybe we should maybe we should do one, two, three. So like how they do on TNT <laughs> with, with Barkley and Shaq. Some. Someone start with week one, someone uh next person week two, week three, and oh, then so on. Okay. Instead of okay. individually, because we could be here, we could be here okay. all day doing that. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's fine. All right, so I started off. Um, no, we 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 all are gonna say week one is a W. So yeah, that's the unanimous week one's W. Yes, um, me. I'll start off with Denver then. Um, so we starting off one and oh. Now we're hitting the road against Denver. Um, I'm going to say that. Uh, on the road against Denver, against Sean Payton, um, early on the road in the mile high. Um, I don't remember the last time Washington beat Denver at Denver. Uh, I, I think that remains the same, especially with Sam Howell on the road. So I'm gonna go L. Uh, we're one and one going into week three. Uh, who's next up? Who do we want? I'll, I'll go with AJ. AJ, you got the next one. You, you're home against Buffalo. Uh, the Commanders are one and one. Uh, week three against Buffalo. What you got? 
Hell no to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. That is an L. <laughs> oh my god. AJ going to pick L for everyone. Every time we get the AJ, it's going to be an L. Oh my god. We're, we're starting off one and two. Okay. Here, here it comes. Here it comes, man. Dre, you got Philadelphia, man. Week four. We are at Philadelphia. One o'clock game, Sunday, October 1st on Fox. What you got? I don't have us winning that game because Philly is going to be pissed. We beat them last year in Philly. I can't see us beat them twice in a row in Philly. So one and three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, nah, that was going to be a little bit scary, man. Because they, they ain't going to forget what happened last time. And and last time they had four turnovers. Like it took four turnovers for them for us to beat them by what uh, a couple points, like nine points, whatever it was, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they ain't gonna forget. And that Heineke sell when he sold that damn uh, rough in the passer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they ain't they ain't fucking around. They ain't fucking around today. Um, okay. So I'm back at the top. We got Chicago Thursday night. Um, home against Chicago. Uh, I am going to take that possible, and I'm going to say that Washington gets back on track after they got smoked in Philadelphia the week before. Um, Washington is two and three heading into Atlanta. Um, AJ. Who do you got? Atlanta at Atlanta, Sunday, October 15th, one o'clock. Um, where are you at? I think B. John Robinson has a big game. Um, I think that that marks his uh imprint of you know being in the NFL. And I got Atlanta winning, so that's an L for Washington. Well, don't forget about Drake London. He's going. He probably turned up too. Like, he turned oh, up very man. weak. So I, really I don't even think. Him. I don't even think about Drake London. Yeah, I ain't. <laughs> ask, I ain't asked you to comment. All right. So we are at um two and four for the Washington Commanders. Monty said, "God damn, AJ." Um. All right. So after Is six it two weeks, and four or two. I thought it was two and five. Um, nah, we wait. Nah, we're at week six, so we're two and four. Okay. Um, yeah, two and four. So, fellas, ladies, everybody in the chat, um, where are you at after six weeks for the commanders? What's your record? Uh, right now, the team is two and four, uh, with our structure. Um, Dre got the next game at New York going into week seven. So, let's do week seven. Where are y'all at after week seven? Um, at New York, one o'clock. Sunday, October 22nd. Dre, do we get a dub? I'm, I'm picking us to get a dub because we actually owe the Giants. I mean, the Giants, uh, what we had to tie in the one game and the other game, you know, we know how that went. That was pretty much the end of our playoff hopes in a sense. But I think we get the Giants. That's that surprise road win, um, well, at least the first road win going through our format here. So, yeah, I got us beating the Giants on the road. Okay, Monty says three and three after six. Hawk as well, three and three after six. Steven says two and four after six. So now we are um three and four heading into week eight after a win on the road against the New York Giants. I'm at the top um against Philadelphia, Sunday, October 29, one o'clock game. Fellas, I think um yeah l we get swept um that ain't gonna look too good so uh we go from three and four down to three and five uh after the game against philadelphia uh the hardest team in the division is fine we're done with them (laughs) we can focus on everybody else uh but yeah l against philadelphia um and we hit the road for a two back-to-back road games against new england and seattle but first up aj you got the floor at new england sunday November 5th, 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, who do you have? Does Washington go to 4 and 5 or do they go to 3 and 6? Uh, that's a tough game. It really is dependent on who will be the starting quarterback because if it's Sam Howell, he um... – Oh, we talking about possible? Okay. okay no, I yeah, that. I mean, yeah, if he <laughs> if he's the if he's the quarterback, we, we kind of know – I'll take Sam Howell as a rookie in this case, how Bill Belichick does against those type of quarterbacks. And I just see him struggling. If it's Jacoby Brissett, he succeeds a bit more because he understands uh, Bill Belichick's scheme and, and different nuances defensively. Um, so let's just let's just rock with the ideal Sam House quarterback. 
I say L, L. and I say <laughs> I say by a field goal. <laughs> okay. And, or or yeah, I would say L by a field goal if it's Sam Howell. If it's Jacoby Brissett, they win. But I guess let's okay. just go with L overall. So after 10 games, Steven says four and six right now. As we head into the Seattle game, we are three and six. Dre, you got the floor. 425 kickoff at Seattle Sunday, November 12th. Uh, what you got? I think the best defense wins in this game. Um, and I'm going with the split. AJ went with the New England game as an L. I think they split one of those two right there. And this is is this November right here? This yep. game was this so Ron's this, team this is in here. Seattle too. Yeah, I mean, but Ron's teams here have went on these like November runs, these little random November runs. So let's just assume maybe the team's getting a little hot and warmed up here. They'll be Seattle on the road. Okay. Um, well, here we go. Cause guess who's who's next up? I, I call it that guaranteed dub home against New York. Um, they have New York next up Sunday, November 19th at one o'clock. Um, it's a dub for me. So uh we go from three and six to five and six. Here it comes. Here comes that. Here comes that so little we, win streak. So that means we just swept New York. Then we just yeah, swept we just swept New York. Here comes that win streak, man. Uh, okay, so we got two in a row. Um, heading into the th- the turkey game against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, AJ's up. Uh, Thursday, November tw- November twenty third, four thirty kickoff on Thanksgiving, man. Uh, Dre, I mean uh, AJ, excuse me, where you at? Uh, I think them boys show off for their family. Uh, back at home watching the game Thanksgiving Day. I think they get the dub against Dallas in front of the whole world. Well, I guess not the whole world, but in front of America. Because <laughs> okay. uh, I mean that, that that's prime that's prime hours when everybody's eating with their family and Thanksgiving. I think they pull out the dub. Okay, three wins in a row. So we go from three and six to six and six with a game in ten days. I believe if my math is right. Um, against the, the Miami Dolphins Sunday, December 3rd, one o'clock at home. Um, Dre, you are up, man. Do we get over 500 or do we go one game under, man? Where you at? In typical Washington fashion, this is a letdown game. If AJ had them going out there, busting their ass and showing off, they come back home, they let us down with a loss to Miami at home. Tariq Hill probably goes off in that game. Go for 200. You going for 200? I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe 175. He might, he might get 175. 175. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. 175 then, man. Um, so we got an L. We are six and seven going into the bye week, man. Steven says six and six after 12 games. Hawk is at an eight-game stretch. The last time he typed five and three after eight games. Um, everybody, where are you at after 13 games heading to that bye week? Let's catch up on everybody's numbers. Um, we are six and seven going into the bye week with Los Angeles coming out. Um, I said that's one of my guarantees. Just so happens I got that. I got that game. So I'm gonna go ahead and say we come out the bye week with a dub against Los Angeles Rams Sunday, December 17th, 405 kickoff. Uh, the Rams get that L at home. We are now back at 507 and seven. Um, AJ, ooh, well, I, I kind of know where this one's gonna look like, but the following week, man, Christmas Eve. At New York, um, the New York Jets, one o'clock kickoff Sunday, December twenty fourth. Man, AJ, where you at? Oh, man, it's gonna be a amazing game. Uh, get to see, get to see some some great defense played. But ultimately, you know, in this league, you need a quarterback in order to win these type of games going into the playoff stretch. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And there's no way I can pick either Brissett or how over Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, so now we are. So that's an L. Big L's. <laughs> Big L. <laughs> this is crazy. This is this is right under under Ron. This is Ron's mantra right here, like teetering around 500. So what we're, um, we are uh, seven, seven and eight, right? Seven and eight um, going into the last two games. Um, okay. Now, San Francisco, you got a tough decision here, Dre. Home versus San Francisco, December 31st, Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff, man. Dre, how does Washington get the dub? This is the game that they win that they have no business winning. They're going to win this game. No one's going to expect them to win this game. And they're going to finally get 
you know, they're going to get Kyle Shanahan in them in this game. Uh, I think they come out with the dub surprisingly. They're going to surprise. This is their Philadelphia game of 2023. Okay. So now here we are, 8-8. and eight. Eight and eight, baby. Right where right where Ron, Ron wanna be, man. Just just enough that he has enough he has enough to support his case for for, for making the claim of, of why he needs to be the head coach in 2024. But on Sunday, January 7th, against the Dallas Cowboys, them boys fall short. And the commanders take the L at home a year later after Sam Howe made his case for QB1 for the Washington Commanders. Um, or made his quote-unquote case for QB1 for the Washington Commanders. Um, the Commanders fall at home to the Dallas Cowboys, and they finish the season 8-9. and nine. All right. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. We we have a collective record of 8-9. and nine. Um, This was fun. This was actually – I like this structure. Um, instead of game-by-game game thing, that was, that was much better. So Steven says 7-9 after the first 16. Um, and I guess it I guess it don't even matter if we got nine nine L's. Uh they ain't making the playoffs with, with nine L's regardless. So that's gonna wrap it up uh for Steven's side. Um he says eight and nine in a meaningless game. Um he said, I think I asked y'all about how many sacks must Chase have to to make him keep around to pay him big money. Um to be honest with you, I like the structure that the 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 Packers did with Jordan Jordan Love. Um if he if he shows that he's making an impact, to be honest with you, Hulk, like get that man a two year deal or a, a one year extension. But um, if he if he explodes and goes for like thirteen plus sacks, then just got pay him. Um, you need for big money, you need about thirteen plus sacks. Like that's what big like Montez Sweat hasn't even reached that. Like that's easy. That's easy to just let go of Montez, get your boy Chase. Um, but that's that's what that looks like. You need about 13 plus sacks in order for Chase to get big money. If we're talking about literal big money for, for one of those edge rushers. Um, Ma, I honestly don't think the bar will be even that high for Chase Young here. I mean, but it, it, it again probably depends on who's here or who's making the decisions at that point. Because I mean, if we if it's going the way we think it's going, no one that drafted Chase is going to probably be here making decisions next year. So, but I think double digit sacks probably. I think double digit sacks probably gets him paid here. You know, I mean, if you know let's say new ownership comes in and they want to get, you know, they see Chase, he he's rejuvenated. He has double digit sacks and they say, Hey, you know, now we can make you the face of the franchise. Well, our new guys going forward, you know, you're from the area, blah, blah, blah. You got superstar potential. We're keeping you and we'll pay you. So I think he has to have double digit sacks and I don't think anything less than that. Yeah. I think I'll agree with uh Stephen Mayo, uh, one of our viewers, uh, like I like I've stated, I don't think this scheme is set up for guys. Steven like says Montez. just for context, he said I think it's more than sacks. Pressure stop the run consistently, um, and in ten sacks. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, the scheme is necessarily set up for Chase and Montez to produce those type of high sack numbers, such as a Nick Bosa or guys in in other markets that you know typically have been at the top. I just think that they don't allow them to play aggressive enough on that front. Um, that's why you see in in this case, most of the sacks, the sacks leaders on this team have been the D tackles in Allen and Payne last year, uh, what have you. Um, yeah, I think it really just boils over to overall impact. Like he's a elite uh, run defender, in my opinion. Um, he can make an impact in batting passes down, pressures, like so many things. Like, let's take, for example, Emmanuel Forbes now being in here and being a ball hawk. If he gets a lot of picks, that'd be because of the pressure applied from Chase and Montez. So those pretty much count as sacks. If you get in the flip the field, probably more important than sacks in, in some cases because you're getting to flip the field and put the ball back in the office uh, hands to go and score more points or – Emmanuel Forbes himself is is having pick sixes. Um, Cause I mean, do you really care about those sack numbers if he's a Ryan Kerrigan? But <laughs> to your point, if, if if Forbes is the ball hawk that we think or we hope he is, 
that could also increase the sack numbers because I always thought one of the reasons why you aren't getting sacks because no one's scared of your coverage. I mean, they, the quarterbacks are able to get the ball out of their hand to free open guys within split seconds. So if the coverage is much better and guys like Forbes is threatening, maybe the sack numbers go up. Yeah, that, that that's true for sure. Like, so adding uh, Forbes with Fuller, uh, Ben, and then also uh, Martin that they drafted, if they can provide better coverage, it goes hand in hand. Like, the DBs and the DNs or the defensive front, it goes hand in hand. If they can apply pressure, it gives the DBs more opportunities to get their hand on the ball and make plays and flip the field or either or, or, or pick six. So, yeah, um, I'm not really concerned about sack totals. I don't really want to put that type of pressure on either one of them. I feel like, hey, man, just, just do your job and apply pressure at the most, even if you don't get the sack that pressure and, and those guys having the opportunity to make plays on the ball, it'll go a longer way than anything. Be disruptive. Because you could be fooled with those sack numbers. Like, some people think Ryan Kerrigan was elite, but boy. Uh, but he got he got the numbers and he got the extensions here in Washington. That's that's what yeah. got him here. Yeah, he, he, I, he, got, he got paid, but – he wasn't and, no and, Von Miller. Chase, it, it don't matter. Chase on that. Chase. Chase ain't even. He ain't even sniffing Ryan Kerrigan money right now. Like Man, that's the problem. Chase, so, you know what's was was crazy for Chase? If if he doesn't even produce high sack numbers here, another team's gonna pay him just off of the fact he's a number two and he still has he has youth on the side. Yeah, and on the side and athleticism. So. I'm already, it, I'm already hip. Like I, I, I know was like it, Washington's in a lose lose, but at the end, like the only way he stays here in Washington is if he puts up numbers. Like, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the crux of this whole thing. Um, I don't disagree with anything y'all saying. Like the pressure is run, like run stopper. He's already a good run defender, but at the end of the day, like you can't pay number two overall to. I'm mean, excuse me, you can get drafted number two overall to 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 make those plays on defense. That's well, the, well, Maul, that also depends on um, who, who's the GM here too. Like. Because they could also look at it from a perspective like they ain't really use him the way that I would want to use him with whoever we bring in head coach wise and their defensive scheme. So it, it's really it's, it's so tricky. And that's why I feel like it sucks for this ownership group that they didn't get this approval before all of these decisions needed to be made. If they could have had approval or something in like February, March. I think Chase would have got the option picked up. Well, let's go ahead and curtail this and bring this one, bring this back. Uh, hopefully we get the guests on this week so we can bring up this same conversation. Um, I uh, am very late for the other podcast. Um, <laughs> so I got to dip hard out. But fellas, y'all be safe. We're going to tap in throughout the week. Matter of fact, we're going to talk tomorrow um, for the, the the recap of earlier this morning. So uh, we'll, we'll tap in tomorrow. Uh, but yeah. Stay locked in. Appreciate everybody tuned in today live. Uh, make sure y'all hit that like button, subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Uh, we'll be back later throughout the week. I'm um, all 32. We'll be back later this week. Appreciate y'all checking in. But yeah, we out of here, man. Y'all take it easy. Yes, Damn, set, huh. Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off. You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive.